God in heaven, I know your presence is here because we can feel you. We know that your Holy Spirit has been here since way early this morning, preparing this space as an opportunity to speak into our hearts. And so as we open your word, may you not just crack the door to each heart here, God, but that you'll split it wide open so that you can speak to our hearts and that you can change the world through us. So bless us now as we focus on you in Jesus' name. Amen. My very first weekend as a pastor, I was an associate pastor up in Greenville, Tennessee, way up in the, in the north country of Tennessee where the mountains are and everything slows way down. And it was a beautiful church, wonderful church family. I grew up in that church. Uh, it was a whirlwind of a summer. I graduated from Southern Adventist University. I got married, honeymoon, moved up to Greenville, and that very first Sabbath was rather exciting. We'd had VBS the week before, which thank the Lord I was not in charge of, otherwise it would have been a disaster. And it was during that week that I made lots of friendships and relationships. Uh, I was supposed to be the youth pastor, so focusing on the young people, the, the, the high schoolers and below. And so uh, you know this, that young people today, they don't care about your clothes. They don't care about how much money you have. What they care about most is that you're authentic and genuine. And so that whole week, my goal was just to be as real as I could be. And so I had lots of little small conversations with some of these young people, but that's, you know, short conversations. And that Sabbath after church, I got a phone call from my senior pastor, Steve Painitz. What an incredible man. He's retired now. And he said, hey, Matt, one of the young people in our church is having a hard time. And I said, oh, tell me more about it. And he said, no, here's the phone number of the mom. I didn't know the mom. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I just call her and I say, hey, this is Pastor Matt. And she said, Pastor who? I'm the new guy. I'm Pastor Matt. I'm the youth pastor. She said, oh, and I said, I, I've heard that you're, you have a hard thing happening in your family. And, and she says, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about it more. And I said, well, great. We're having Saturday evening Sabbath vespers. Why don't we just meet with uh, whatever's going on after that? And so we went to the church, had vespers, and afterwards she, the mom, and her 14-year-old daughter come to my office. I haven't even really been in my office. It's just kind of the remains of the last guy that was there. And there's kind of this ratty couch on the side. And Mom sits there, the daughter walks in. I've talked to her maybe five minutes before. She comes in, angry face, arms crossed. She sits on the far end of the couch away from her mom, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I really want to be a pastor anymore. <laughs> they sit there, and what do you, I don't even, you don't know these people, you're just, what, how, what do you even say? And so I just said, hey, tell me what's going on. And a split second later, mom was full blast sharing this daughter's baggage for the world to see. That afternoon, the 14-year-old daughter had taken a shower and she'd come out of the bathroom and her mom had seen blood running down her arms. And this daughter is in shock as her mom is sharing these details with me and I don't know what I'm doing. I have no clue how to react and so I'm just praying and thinking, Lord, tell me what to say because I, maybe I just should listen. I'm just going to listen. And, and a few minutes later after the mom is continually sharing this stuff, the daughter stands up and turns to her mom and starts screaming at her mom, why are you telling him this? This is none of his business. Why are you sharing this with him? And they get into this yelling match and I don't know what to do, and so I just sit there in my chair, and I'm just praying, like, Lord, show me what to do. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe I should just still be quiet. I think that's the right answer. They continue yelling, and at one point, they kind of calm down, and 
And so I seize the moment to say whatever the Lord puts on my heart. And so I look up at this 14-year-old girl. She's beautiful, but she's hurt. Uh, She's been through a divorce. Her parents have divorced. Her dad's gone. Her stepdad is a nice guy, but he's not that great either. He had an affair with one of his students that he was teaching. Uh, She's depressed. She's discouraged. She's lonely. She hates her mom. And so she's turned to self-harm as a way to medicate all these feelings. And I look at her and I say, I don't know you very well. And you don't know me very well. But what I do know is that I love you. And I stand up and I hug her and it's the most awkward hug ever imaginable because she doesn't hug me back. She just stands there limply with a stranger's arms wrapped around her knowing that I cared about her. And as they walked out the door that day, my heart broke. It hurt because she was hurting, not so much the physical hurt of cutting, but the hurt of her emotions and in her heart, and it broke my heart too. What breaks your heart? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever asked yourself, why do I ache so much when this happens? What breaks my heart? Why do I hurt? Well, if you don't know what breaks your heart, I'm hoping and praying that at the end of our time together that you at least have a nudge in the direction that the Holy Spirit is guiding you. Or or maybe you're just intentional about it as you move forward and thinking, God, why are you breaking my heart for something? But today, as we look in Nehemiah chapter 1, I hope that you'll see a little bit of the process If you've got your Bible, I encourage you to turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. You can use your phone or you can use your Bible, or if you didn't bring a Bible, there's a blue one in front of you, and you can follow along on page 342. Same words that I'll be reading. Nehemiah is a really interesting Bible character. He's not a pastor. He's not a prophet. He's not a king. He's not a judge. He's a cupbearer. I mean, that seems kind of weak, yet it's a pretty high, important job. It's a role that the king trusted maybe more than anybody else in the land because this guy was the guy that would bring the food to the king. And if someone was trying to poison the king, it would have to get through this guy. And so there was implicit trust between the king and Nehemiah. In fact, next week we're going to talk about why that position was so important about uh, Nehemiah making change. But in Nehemiah chapter 1, starting in verse 1, we pick up the story Nehemiah is sharing his words to you and me. Here's what he says. Nehemiah 1.1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. You're there. Okay, here we go. It says this. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. Has, uh, Nehemiah says, okay, my, my favorite city, the place where I came from, the place where we all love, that's our, that's our, that's our crown jewel, all the people that were all there, we've been exiled, the last remaining few have gone back, the remnant, they're still there. I want to know about them, and I want to know about the city. Here's the update, verse 3, they say this. They say to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. 
Nehemiah wept, he cried, he mourned, he fasted because his heart was broken for something. His heart broke because he couldn't imagine this holy city, this beautiful place, this wondrous town, this place where everyone looks to that it was destroyed and that the people were as well, and it broke his heart. It broke his heart enough that everyone else could see that he had a broken heart too. In chapter two, just just turn the page there, chapter two, right there in verse one, is what it says. In the next, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? The king says, this can be nothing but sadness of heart. The king gets it, he's like, you don't have COVID, you don't have the flu, you've got a broken heart, I can see it. Nehemiah's heart was so broken that everybody else could see it too. They knew he wasn't sick, they knew he was hurting, and what's crazy is that the Bible even shares how he got that broken heart. It came from God, listen to this, verse 12, Nehemiah 2 verse 12, it says this, as Nehemiah goes to the city to check it out, he says this, we'll put it on the screen for you. He says, I set out during the night with a few men I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. You see it? The broken heart, the one that God gave him for a special purpose, and I believe that that purpose is to change the world. It was God that put it on Nehemiah's heart to change Jerusalem, and he became a change maker. And let me ask you this morning, what breaks your heart? Just like how God placed that burden, that, that passion, that pain, that, that angst, that hurt in Nehemiah's heart, how has he broken your heart too? What's your sensitivity for? What's that God-given passion that he's placed upon you? See, everybody has different ones. We don't all have the same. We, we have an overarching mission of going and sharing the gospel, but every one of us has a defined calling that is specific to you because your heart breaks for different things than mine breaks for I mean, there's a whole bunch of here that that may or may not fit you, but I know that several of you have broken hearts because you know that the city of Orlando is known for how many young girls and boys are sex trafficked right here in Orlando. Orlando's number three in America. Atlanta's number two. Maybe some of you have broken hearts for the homeless that are right around here. You drive on the street, you see them, you, it breaks your heart when you think about those living in cardboard boxes or in the woods or under overpasses or, or when you go downtown and you get off on that one exit, I don't know the name of the street there, and right there on the, the, the exit ramp, you stop at the stoplight and there's a family, it's a guy, it's his, his wife and their little girl and she's on the, watching something on the phone as they're trying to get money for the food for the day. It breaks your heart. Not too long ago, maybe 10 years ago, I was pastoring in the Buford Family Seventh-day Adventist Church, a really cool lay-led church plant that just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And we loved to reach into the community and serve others. And I honestly feel like that's how people become more and more missional when we realize that we don't exist for us, we exist for others. And through community service, people's lives and the culture of a church shifts. And so I, I said, guys, we gotta be out in, this, in the community. And so we created um, serving on Sabbath. And so once a quarter, once a month, we'd go out into the community and do different things. And on, on one given Sabbath, it was the first one, we had 70 people out of the 150 church members decide they wanted to go on this. And so we, we all put on shirts that said, can I pray for you? I mean, you're a walking billboard. 
And I realize some of you grammar Nazis are, are saying right now, it should have been may I pray for you, not can I may pray for you. Yeah, whatever. The next round it said may I pray for you. It's fine. Here's a picture, here's a picture actually. Here you go. There's old Pastor Matt with hair. And my buddy on the right, his name's Scott Kaiser. He's an incredibly devoted uh, Jesus follower that just loves the church. And we wore these shirts and we went to this place called Little Mulberry Park. Beautiful lake, a path that goes around it, 2.2 miles around. And the 70 church members came out and we just spread out. Scott and I partnered up and we went walking down this path. Uh, it's, it's very awkward, very uncomfortable because you can't hide what you're doing. Uh, matching t-shirts with a question on them. And so we're praying together and Lord, show us somebody that we can really minister to. And you'd walk up to people and they'd look at you and you'd look at them and you'd say, huh, huh? And they'd say, yeah, yeah. And so you'd walk up and say, hey, I want to pray for you. We're, I'm, I'm Matt from the Buford Family, Seventh-day Adventist Church, and we're just here praying for people. What's going on in your life? Like, what's happening that, that's hurting in you? Like, wh- how can we help you? And people would share their hearts, and we'd pray for them, and, and we'd go on to the next person. Well, there was a guy that I kept seeing, and he was running laps around this, this, this loop, and there he is in the middle. I don't know his name. But he had this shirt on. You can see the, the top of it, and it says, fast as, and it was like, it was like there were cleats on the bottom of a shoe that came across, and I couldn't understand his shirt, and I didn't know what it was, but he kept running away from me, and so I, I couldn't ask him, and finally when we were all done, and I was waiting for the other church members to finish, he walks up through the main area where everybody has to go through, and I think, this is my chance. I don't even care about praying for him. I just want to know what his shirt says. And so I walk over to him and I say, hey man, tell me about your shirt. And he said, oh, oh, this old thing? He's like, I don't even know what it means. My son gave it to me. But who are you guys? And I said, oh man, well, we're the Buford Family Seventh-day Adventist Church and we just love our community so much that we want to be here helping people and praying for people. And he said, hang on one second. And he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out his phone and he calls his buddy who's in Texas. And he said, dude, you won't believe this, man. There's a church out here right now that is praying for strangers because they love the community. They talk for a few more minutes. He hangs up. And he said, that's my buddy who's out in Texas. You see, I used to live out there, and we started this ministry for homeless people. And every Sunday, five to six hundred homeless people gather in one place for a worship service, and then we feed all of them hot dogs and hamburgers. And he does that because God broke his heart for homeless that need a place and need some food. What breaks your heart this morning? Maybe it's, maybe it's some of you that see disease and sickness. Maybe it's where you work. Maybe you're at Orlando Health or Advent Health and you see it every day in every room with every patient. Maybe your heart breaks for those that have cancer and they lose their hair and you cry every time you see those videos. I'll tell you what, I saved you today because I had one of those videos and I thought that's too much emotion for one Sabbath. Maybe this. Maybe your heart breaks for kids who are in bad homes, battered, abused, maybe dads are alcoholics or moms drug addicts, whatever it is, do you ache to protect them and care for them? What about this one? Maybe your heart breaks for animals. Um, We don't watch TV anymore. I don't think anybody watches TV. Mostly you got your, your whatever, you got your Netflix, you got your whatever they are. Um, but you remember those ads, for those of you that are like 40 plus, because if you're under 40, you won't know what I'm talking about. Um, those ads on TV that would come on, it's the really like sad music, and then like a mangy dog walks across. Do you know the one I'm talking about? You guys need to watch more TV. You, <laughs> these dogs are you need cats, and you think, man, 
we got to help these animals. Maybe that breaks your heart. Maybe it's not. Maybe some of you, maybe it breaks your heart when you think about our environment and our, and our earth, and you think, man, we're, we have so much pollution. Whatever it is, did God break your heart for it? What about this one? Does God break your heart when teenage girls get pregnant? Do you hurt for their future and struggle with what they're going to face? When I was pastoring in Tennessee, teenage pregnancy was uh, the culture of the community and even in the church. And every year there'd be a new teenage pregnancy and the church was like, what do we do with this? The, you know, the classic question, do we throw them a baby shower and affirm this or do we not? And we did because that's the right thing to do. Uh, but we had to ask the question, what, what's happening here? And our hearts broke for these kids. I remember I was at minister's meetings at Cahada Springs camp right there staying in the, the, the hotel rooms overlooking the beautiful lake. And I got a phone call from one of the 16-year-old kids in my youth group, and he said, hey, Pastor Matt, I'm going to be a dad. And I didn't know if I should congratulate him or cry with him because he had no idea what he was going to face. What breaks your heart this morning? What has God broken your heart for it? What has he given you a holy anger for, a passion for? What breaks your heart? Can you put it into words yet? Can you articulate it? He allows our hearts to break because you might be the only one that can be the change maker for that. It's almost like God is asking you to do something about it. Or here it is on the screen. When your heart breaks for something, I believe it's because God wants you to do something. And so for the next few minutes, I, I want to know what breaks your heart. Many of you know already, and you know it well. Some of you uh, don't have it quite figured out yet, and it'll be a process, and it'll be a journey for you. But I want to hear from you. And so uh, we're going to put this slide on the screen. This is the time to take out your phone if you don't already have it open to Instagram. I can see you from up here. You're not that far away. And online, this is your time too. Uh, we're, we're interacting with you just the same. So what breaks your heart this morning? I'd love to hear it. I'll get them all up here. I, don't, I won't know your phone number, so I can't spam you, but I want to know. So all you got to do is start a new text message to 37607. Text, text the word broken. You'll get a little link that comes back that says you're enrolled in this poll, and then reply with what breaks your heart. So they're already coming in here this morning. Here they are. What breaks your heart? Families. Man, I could sit on this one for another hour just talking about broken families that I see in our church, uh, broken marriages. It's, it's, the church is not immune. Keep sending them in. Here's another one. Child abuse. There it is. Here's another one. Oh, this is a good one. What breaks my heart? Those who have left the church. Here's one. Relationships. Yeah, everybody's got broken relationships. Here's another one. Cancer. Mm. Wow, this is powerful. This person says, I break my own heart. Here's one that says, family and friends who have left God. Here's one that says, middle school kids. Breaks my heart. I wonder if that's Pastor Sonia. Here's one, broken relationships. The fatherless. Here's one that says, just youth. <laughs> one says, when the homeless ask for food and not money. Human trafficking, I mean, these are all good. People who walk away from life, and in parentheses, God. Here's one, got the same one in first service. This one says police abuse. Here's one, mental health crisis. 
This person says, what breaks my heart is my mind. Another one says, single motherhood in the black community. Here's another one. This, this kills me. This is mine too. Hurting kids. Uh, what breaks my heart is to see my kids crying. What breaks my heart? Depressed teens. Another one, children that are mentally abused in their homes. Another one, same thing, child abuse, unstable families. The list goes on and on and on. It's obvious that God has broken your heart for something. And I believe it's so that you can do something about it. Uh, That's why he breaks our hearts, because we may be the only ones that can make the change, to be the change. You can keep sending them in. I'll read them all later for sure. But I want to tell you a story or read you a story or share a story of somebody that had a broken heart and went next level with how he changed the world. He's a pastor in Korea. It's the story that was made into a movie not too long ago, within the last 10 years, um, a movie called The Dropbox. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I actually haven't ever seen the movie, but I feel like I need to now that I'm telling you about it. This is how lifenews.com tells the story. Lee Jong is a Korean pastor in South Korea, a simple man with a huge purpose. Pastor Jong saw a devastating problem and he thought of a way that he could change it and he became a prophetic voice to his society. His story is a story of faith, hope, and love. Lee Jong is the creator of the baby box. His baby box is the the first and only box in Korea that is for collecting abandoned babies who are physically or mentally handicapped or just unwanted by their mothers. You got Down syndrome kids, kids that have handicaps, or maybe they're just unwanted. Hundreds of unwanted babies are abandoned on the side of the street in South Korea every year. Zhang knew he needed to set up a way to save the lives of these precious babies, so he built a drop box on the side of his home with a humble sign reading, Place to Leave Babies. The inside of the box contains a thick towel covering the bottom and lights and heating to keep the baby comfortable. A bell rings when someone puts a baby in the box. Then Zhang, his wife, or staff associates come to immediately move the baby inside. His aim was to provide a life-giving alternative for desperate mothers in his city of Seoul. He even admits that he didn't really expect that babies would come in, but he was mistaken. The babies came. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, some with notes, some without a word, and only a very few mothers actually spoke to him face to face. And here's the trailer for the movie, The Dropbox. And then I was weeping. I always cry when I'm angry. And she said, why are you crying? It's only orphan. Baby Box is South Korea's first and only box to collect abandoned infants. Hundreds of unwanted babies are abandoned on the streets of Seoul, South Korea every year. Tragic loss of life moved a pastor said to set up a way for saving unwanted babies. I'm 
찾지 말아 주십시오. 죄송합니다. 정말로 죄송합니다. 이 길이. 이 길이. 이 길이. 영어 이름은? 빅토리. 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 그래서 그 아이들이 이 세상에 필요 없는 존재들이 아니고 하나님이 쓰시고자 했다 이렇게 보냈었어요. 여기 이제 가정에 20명이나 한그 아이들이 좁은 공간에서 많이 살고 있으니까 사랑 공동체가 다른 것은 아버지 어머니가 있기 때문이죠. 또 하지 않는 일 그리고 버려질 수 있고 또는 나라에서 하지 않고 있는 이런 일들을 하시는 Even if there's just one person that really cares about children, it makes such a difference. They're just human beings, just like anyone else. They have the right to live. 이 문제가 한국만의 문제가 아니고 이제 아마 세계적으로 이 아이들이 이렇게 밖에 버려서 희생당한 아이들 많으니까. But these children, they're helpless. They're voiceless. Who's going to speak for them? 이 아이를 보내면서 다시 한번 내가 헌신했어. 하나님, 이 아이들에 대해서 죽겠습니다. 믿음, 소망, 사랑 중에 시가 그그 중에 제일은 사랑이라고 했어. That's the story of someone that understands their calling, that understands their God-given chazon. They understand God's vision for them, and that's someone that's a change maker. Let me pray for you this morning. Oh God, thank you for breaking our hearts. Thank you for giving us passions for needs in our world, and may we, as we discover what you want us to change, be ready and willing to do what you would have us do as change makers. In Jesus' name, amen.